0: Welcome to the Bardcast. It's Shakespeare, you dick. We are your hosts. I am Lisa Ann
1: Goldsmith. And I am Owen Thompson.
0: And today's episode, well, honestly, you guys, we were supposed to do a topic that was actually pretty research intensive, which we're not going to tell you because we'll do it later on. But but it's been a week. It's been a big week. It's Um, been a
1: long week and with, with some sad news in it.
0: Yeah, well, for the first thing, I think I've talked about the fact that I had a Lisfranc injury, right? And I was in an orthopedic boot for seven weeks and got out of the orthopedic boot and uh, completely overdid it. So now I am back in the orthopedic boot, which fucking blows. Um, But more than that, my dear, sweet mama cat, um, whose uh, official name is Lady Plymdale, which is from Oscar Wilde's *Lady Windermere's Fan*. Um, she uh, passed away on Tuesday, so you know.
1: And anybody that knows Lisa Ann will tell you that she is the the original cat mom.
0: Yeah, I have a friend who actually calls me mother of cats.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should get that T-shirt. There is I, one.
0: I have it. <laughs> uh, of course you
1: do, but it's a it's you know we I'm sure I'm sure listeners among you you know what it's like when that happens and our you know we had we lost our beloved Elliot just about a year ago yeah and uh, so so in 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 honor of of Lady Plymdale and 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 really all of our beloved past yeah
0: and and I lost Thurl in May so that's right four months man
1: so um we 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 decided to to talk about pets in Shakespeare today even though admittedly there are not all that many of them there's really only
0: one pet in Shakespeare.
1: No, well, I no, I don't. I think there's more. There's only one pet that appears on stage.
0: Yes, ish, ish. Oh well, no, to, no, no. Well, yeah, but I mean that. That. So we're talking about Launce, of course, yeah. and his dog Crab. Um, and that, even though there are other characters that have dogs, it doesn't seem like they're you know man's best friend. The way that Crab is to launch, I think. What do you well,
1: think? And, cra- and Crab is Crab is certainly the only animal or dog that appears on the stage in person.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, I guess the only other play where a dog appears on stage is um, Starvelings. When he's in the the play, he says, uh, you know, the lanthorn is my moon. I'm the man in the moon, this thornbush, my thornbush and this dog, my dog.
1: Yeah, although it's it's usually a a prop dog,
0: but it doesn't mean it's not a dog.
1: That that's true.
0: That's we true. So I guess
1: that. I guess the man in the moon is a, is one of the characters that has a pet.
0: That's right. That's right. I I, I would as I played would say
1: as played by starveling
0: Yeah, I mean you know Lear, you know when he's gotten really waka waka, and and yes, we know that's not a technical term. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes we have been advised more about have,
0: that later <laughs> we have been advised
1: by professionals that that is not an actual scientific term so yes. perhaps we should retire it <laughs>
0: well i mean when lear has gone let's say driven into madness he does around the twist that's there you go he does appear to hallucinate you know like yappy little dogs around him right you know he's the little dogs and all what are their names uh
1: uh, yeah, their names Trey, are
0: Trey Blanche and Sweetheart,
1: and Sweetheart. Yes. I love that. So and he says, so they that, "Bark at me." And, and there, there are there are references. There are a lot of dog references in King Lear, um, and and you know, commonly Shakespeare, and and this has led to some people maybe thinking Shakespeare didn't care for dogs very much, but dog is an insult to hurl at a person. That cur is an insult. Cur, another word for dog. Uh. You know, uh, the, the fool talks about the, the lady brotch sitting by the fire and stinking. And that's, right. That.
0: that's right. That's um, right. In Taming of the Shrew, the Lord and first huntsman say the Lord says something about how he wouldn't take 20 pounds for his most successful dog. You know,
1: right, right, right. Well, and, and it, I mean, so Theseus has dogs in that's right. Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he brags about them.
0: I did find out the lords the, the names of the dogs actually in Taming the Shoe there. Merriman, Clouder, Silver, Bellman, and Echo, which I just
1: love. Ah. So so he uses silver twice. He does. Because the I mean now now let me ask you this. It in The Tempest, I think it actually is written in a stage direction that the, the spirits appear as as dogs yeah when they're hellhounds yeah hellhounds right so they're not they're not literal hellhounds or because they're the spirits like turning into hellhounds to chase trinculo stefano and caliban right but but prospero and ariel like call them by name mountain silver fury and tyrant that's right so i mean it's 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 like they has i'm guessing silver must have been either a name of a dog or dogs that Shakespeare knew or a common name for a dog because he uses silver or
0: something today.
1: Right. Because he uses silver twice.
0: That's right. Um, I will tell you that uh, in in Shakespeare, the word dog appears uh, um, just under 200 times. Twenty seven times. Cur is used. Fifty three times. Hound is used. Um, brach, uh, which is a female dog, five times and bitch is used three times.
1: Yeah, like bra- Brach or Brach is just yeah. really another term for bitch. Yeah. And he uses he uses Brach and bitch both in King Lear.
0: That's right. Um, And, you know, a lot of times when he does refer to dogs, you know, albeit karma will have to forgive me my beloved puppers um he says not very nice things like when Richard the third is killed at the end of the play right Richmond proclaims God in your arms be praised victorious friends the day is ours the bloody dog is dead
1: but you know it's like I I think that's I don't honestly take that to, to mean that Shakespeare did not like dogs well we don't really know right I mean it's a like if you say about even today. Oh, what a dog. Right. I mean, it's a it's a put down
0: That's of right. somebody.
1: That's But right. many a dog owner and lover would say that of a person without meaning it as a pejorative to actual dogs. I That's mean, right. it, and it's it's funny how we use those phrases. Right. Like we say, uh, if somebody has a hard life, you could say that he or she has a dog's life. That's right. Well, does that mean that like they get fed and housed for free and sleep all day long? Let me that tell sounds you something. Pretty good to me.
0: My karma's life is better than 98% of humans I know.
1: This is what I'm saying. So the use of, you know, the use of the word dog as a pejorative has always struck me as kind of strange.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I mean, think about it. Shakespeare was by himself. His family was back in Stratford. It might have been nice for him to have a puppers at home to keep him company while he was writing. or,
1: Or maybe a little kitty.
0: Or a kitten.
1: We don't I would know. say
0: that's true. I mean, why not? Right.
1: Now the references to cats in Shakespeare are even fewer than the references to dogs.
0: Very, very few, actually. And pretty much any time they're mentioned, it it has to do with like, you know, like Tybalt is well, the, the prince of cats. Right. You know.
1: And and the, the the weird sisters have at least one of the weird sisters has a cat as a familiar. Gray that's Malkin.
0: right. Gray Malkin. Another,
1: so the, another that may, is that, that is that that's... the on, is that the only named cat in all of Shakespeare. It's the
0: only named cat in all of
1: Shakespeare. Unless you count Tybalt.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Metaphorically, Metaphorically. but so the literally the Gray Malkin is
0: literally yet. her. You know the cat's name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think I think you're right. I think she is the only one. Or we ass- I don't know that Gray Malkin is the she. See what I did? I like made the assumption that the cat is the she. Like people do. Why do people do that? well
0: i i I think i did it just because i always think of i don't know i don't know why i always think of like the familiar as a female for a female i guess well
1: but people tend you know like if you show somebody a picture of a dog and you can't tell what sex the dog is i think people tend to refer to dogs in the masculine and cats in the feminine
0: i think that that's i think that's probably true
1: i mean i posted a picture of harry on facebook recently and a couple of people said oh she's so beautiful
0: oh harry's like, to- harry's all boy
1: <laughs> he certainly is you can see his giant balls still oh. <laughs> as we know from your from Don, you know they don't whack them off anymore they deflate them
0: that's right they just kind of suck them out from the inside
1: yeah, yeah. so you should have seen them before they they deflated them man yeah I, d- like I, I did- was gonna I I was this close to buying Harry a little wheelbarrow. <laughs> you should
0: you should see beaker's balls. They're like the size of his paws, and those bitches are big. Um, I did find something interesting though, talking about like Marlowe, that like Marlowe mentions dogs in his plays, but he never like distinguishes between species as Shakespeare does all the time.
1: Well, Shakespeare, like there's that there's that line in in the Scottish play. Yeah. Where where he is he and he's comparing the murderers to to he's making a comparison between men and dogs and that and he yeah. lists a whole bunch of different breeds of dog
0: right which kind of makes me feel like I mean why would he know all that stuff about dogs if he didn't like them
1: uh, because he was Edward Devere only kidding
0: oh man oh, only man. kidding
1: only kidding let's of not, course
0: let's not even. It's not even,
1: but, you know, I mean, obviously he, he displays as we've discussed endlessly and everybody always does. He displays such incredible knowledge of so many different things. Why? Sh- it's not surprising at all to me that he should have some knowledge of the different breeds of dog.
0: Well, that's true. But I just think that, well, you know, it's not like Marlowe's an idiot. I just think that's really interesting. And well, I, also, you
1: know-, you know, I mean, the, 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 the canon of Marlowe is what about six plays? As opposed yeah. to 36 well that's so true. it's a much smaller sample size as well yeah. who knows what marlowe might or might not yeah. have done my god if, if we if we were trying to cover like pets in all of elizabeth and jacobian and caroline drama we, we would be here all day
0: yeah i did read that um in two gentlemen of verona with lance and crab that the originally William Kemp, who we've talked about before, a renowned comic actor in Shakespeare's day, played the part of Lance. And it is claimed that Kemp actually had a dog, a pet, you know, his pet dog named Crab that he liked to bring to the theater. And so
1: Shakespeare Wait, just- Wait, he, he had a dog named Crab, like yes. in real life? Yes. IRL, as the kids say? Yes. Um, really? I, where what What's the source for that? That's fascinating.
0: Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, a couple of places I found it say, it's just like one of those stories that has survived. Forever. Wow. Wow. That
1: is, uh, that, that, that would be, that I mean, would that be would hilarious. be
0: cool if though. True. Right. I love really that. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, in terms of references to cats and dogs, it is, uh, it is true that Hamlet famously says, let Hercules himself do what he may. The cat will mew and dog will have his day.
0: That's very true. That's two of them. Um, But I mean, you know, cats, there are like 30 reference over just to just over 30 references to cats in Shakespeare's plays, which is a lot less than dogs. But I mean, I'm sure they were popular for one thing. They they caught mice and rats.
1: Right. Yeah. Although it is true that in the in in the ignorance of people at the time, many cats were blamed for carrying plague instead of, you know, actually acting as a plague deterrent because they kill and sometimes eat rats and mice, which were really the culprits that were carrying all those nasty bubonic plague, carrying fleas. Stupid. fuckers. yeah. So like when cats got blamed and killed, that was not so good. And then when that led up, I think it was in the 17th century, like plague stuff started to go down a little bit.
0: That's right. And after people started blaming them, cats were rounded up and exterminated.
1: Yeah, Something that's like bullshit. That.
0: Yeah, until
1: <laughs> until the late
0: seventeenth century. Yeah, and then they let cats like do their thing again, and
1: then of yeah, course cats... Europeans
0: saw the plague decrease because the cats were eating the fucking rats.
1: Yep, cat. The cats were used in a lot of bizarre ways in in in, in, in early modern England. Like, you want to talk about how they were used in in perfume manufacture?
0: Yeah. So perfumers paired a lot of aromatics and stuff that they used in their perfume from civet cats, the civet, well, the civet cat is more like a skunk uh, and it was capable of producing a strong pungent odor. That was very popular in aromatics, like perfume, Um, a secretion from the anal glands. Yes. People, the anal glands of civet cats was one of the most expensive materials used by 17th century perfumers. Um, And because it was liquid, It made it easy to add into like treatments and perfumes. Um, Some of the homeopathic treatments they used was for fatigue and stomach sickness, colic. They even gave it to pregnant women as protection for the unborn baby. And it was used as an aphrodisiac.
1: Yeah. Yeah. From the anal glance of a civet cat. And you know what? Actually, it occurs to me. So there is a reference to a cat in King Lear as well, because in the scene with Gloucester, he says, give me an ounce of civet sweet apothecary to sweeten this hand. It smells of mortality. (laughs) One of my favorite lines, actually. But that's actually a little a little side blue of a reference to cats.
0: That's right. Um and here's something else about the civet cats which I love um because you know Don and I have two catios built for our animals. Um in the late 17th century John Barksdale which is funny Barksdale ha ha, ha and Daniel Defoe became known as the civet merchants. They owned 70 civets and they built a special house constructed just for the cats. Where they prepared meals, thinking precisely that good food would produce the highest quality scent out of their anal glands.
1: And, and yes, that is the Daniel Defoe that wrote Robinson Crusoe.
0: That's right. Unfortunately, so. having their anal glands scraped was a process that was very painful. And if done incorrectly or too frequently, it would result in the cat's death um so i don't yeah, like that, that very so much
1: so they were they were kind of torturing them right that's horrible yeah, yeah. actually yeah. speaking that's a nice segue because this is maybe this is simultaneously hilarious but mostly horrifying.
0: <laughs> i know it's awful the, the, i know the, what you're gonna the, say the, go ahead
1: the cats were actually used as military weapons and i only wish that i could show you the illustration that we found it's very of, scary of cats with, like, what looked like basically rockets strapped to their backs, yeah, and being, yeah, so basically, what happened? So, we like there was a strategy that got published in military manuals for burning down a town. That, that, that you by the, the manner in which this would happen is they would strap flammable material to the back of a cat and set it loose in the town and of course a cat is really hard to catch obviously and obviously it's going to be even harder to catch once it's on fire so the cat would (sighs) spread fire over an entire town as they basically you know burn to death it's horrifying so awful and there was but but they originated i mean you can't make this up with a guy named franz helm of cologne who was an artillery uh, artillery specialist as a way to quote to set a fire, set fire to a castle or city, which you can't get at otherwise. I mean, oh my God. You, you have to give points for inventiveness as well as just fucking brutality. Uh, this manual outlines how to get the cat to hide in a barn or similarly flammable place where the cat will unwillingly, unwittingly set ablaze large structures, which is difficult to squelch, leading to a town fire.
0: Uh, I, 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 could, I, I don't like that one.
1: No, no, it's hard. It's it's. It's straight up horrible. But you know what? Those were pretty horrible times.
0: Yeah. Um, But they did have cats as pets. In fact, during Richard III's reign, Henry Wyatt was imprisoned in the Tower of London, and he claims to have been saved from starvation by a cat who every day would bring him a pigeon. And so after his yeah, so after his release, he spent like a huge portion of his life praising the values of cats. Um, One quote of his was that uh, he said he would ever make much of cats as other men will of their spaniels or hounds. And there's many paintings dating back to Shakespeare's lifetime, showing the cat as a well-loved family pet, being in the kitchen to ward off mice, playing on the floor with the family children, sitting next to family members in you know, official portraits. And then eventually cats were bred specifically for companionship, she said, being down to seven in her household. Um, Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There was, in fact, a ship that crashed off the Isle of Man in the 15th, 16th century. That included the first pedigree cat called the Manx in their list of cargo. And the Manx, of course, is a cat that does not have a tail.
1: Listen, I can't believe. I mean, it, it's true that there are there are surprisingly few references to cats in Shakespeare, but I can't believe that cats weren't an incredibly valuable commodity in in the early, early modern era. I mean, rats were such a. I mean, they're a huge problem now. I mean, much less then when there's no sanitation and and you know no exterminators. You, you think about how every bodega in New York has a cat. Right? Absolutely. I mean, famously, bodegas all have cats for the obvious reason that we don't even need to go into. So you would need that. I mean, cats are listen. Shylock himself refers to uh, like talking about people that hate certain weird things, like people that hate cats. And and, uh, you know, he says why there is no fixed reason why he cannot abide, blah, 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 why he a harmless, necessary cat is how Shylock refers to cats. So, yeah, necessary is a good point. But now here's a weird one. Yeah. (laughs) Cats, cats (laughs) embalmed inside the walls of your house. For good luck. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing demonstrates, as they say, uh, the the weird dichotomy concerning Tudor love for cats more than the odd, but this is absolutely verifiable truth that the body of dead cats, along with a dead rat, would be intentionally built into the construction of a new home with the belief that their dead bodies would keep away mice in the home. And obviously, that is not exactly a proven method of of mouse repellent. We do have <laughs> records and pictures of embalmed cat and rat bodies uncovered from the walls of fifteenth to sixteenth century houses. So you know, you could say that that is proof of Shakespeare's phrase: "is is all as true as it is strange."
0: That's true. Um, although I will say that my mama's body is not being it's not being put into the walls of my house. I in would fact, hope not. I got her a lovely tortoiseshell ceramic urn that was made oh. by a lovely artist in Latvia. <laughs> I know I'm a crazy person um, that is embossed with uh lady P AKA mama and it's tortoiseshell oh. with little, two little ears up top.
1: That's that is absolutely lovely.
0: Uh, I thought so. I thought so. Um, but you know, uh, I, uh, we also found kind of a fun, like, this person has a list of Shakespearean names that they think would be good for your dogs. And, and and we think cats as well. So, so, Um,
1: yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know about, I mean, sure. Somebody compiled a list of what they they call the top 100 Shakespeare dog names. And I I don't know. I mean, these are just names from Shakespeare, but what the hell,
0: you know, and I will say, that I have a cat named Olivia and they don't even have that on here.
1: Right. So, I mean, I mean, for instance, I'm just going to pick a random one. Robin. Sure. That's a Shakespeare name and you could name your dog or your cat Robin, but that just seems like somebody just took a bunch of names from Shakespeare. Like,
0: that's what I think. They, I mean, if you named your dog Crab, at least it's got a reference to something. right?
1: Or if you name, I mean, the first, the if, if, if you named your, if you if you named your cat Tybalt, for instance. Prince of that, Cats. That would actually be an actual Shakespeare reference because, as you say, Mercutio constantly refers to Tybalt as the Prince of Cats. That's right. So, so that actually is a Shakespeare name for a cat that works. Now, if you named your dog Tybalt, you're an idiot.
0: That's right. I mean, and I think that my uh, that me naming Olivia was perfect for her because she's incredibly beautiful and she was she was very reserved. and seemed very sad when I got her as a kitten. And now I get to. Always pick her up in my arms and go, make me a willow cabin at your gate and call upon my soul within the house. Ride loyal cantons of condemned love and sing them loud, even in the dead of night. Hello, your name to the reverberate hills, and let the babbling gossip of the air cry out Oh Olivia!
1: So so did you did you name her specifically for Olivia, or did you just pick that name like because you liked it and then were like, Oh, right, it's from Twelfth Night.
0: Interestingly enough, there was a woman that that I that I work with in Cat Rescue who had found these kittens and she just randomly decided her name was Olivia. Oh, so
1: she so you didn't name her Olivia. So it just fit. Uh huh. Yes. I mean, like, you know, you could na- I'm looking at some of these. Certainly, if you named I don't know why you would do this, but if you named a dog or a cat Timon, That's a really Shakespearean name.
0: Well, you could name a cat Mew Volio
1: you you could i i i would never be your friend if you did that
0: oh come on
1: i mean i don't know What are it so, like
0: uh, muke beth
1: I mean, I mean i'm looking at these i mean cressida okay you could name that would be very shakespearean again i don't know why you would do that given the you know the events of that play juliet yeah yeah sure Hermione but then people might think that it was a Harry Potter reference totally you know yeah you just yeah I don't know I I, I'm I'm looking at this list askance Alexis I don't know Cleopatra that would be an interesting name for a dog
0: well yes it would actually but certainly a a good name for a cat I mean
1: well it's it's a little on the nose it's a little don't you think
0: it is a fang of course, would be a good
1: sure. Listen for
0: either one, actually. One
1: of our, one of our, one of our best friends has a dog named Fang.
0: That's right. Yeah, Shadow is good if it's a black cat or dog.
1: Yeah, but again, I don't think of these as per- like I, I, I don't think of those names as being particularly Shakespearean, just because they appear in Shakespeare. Uh Cordelia, that's a Shakespearean name.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, Balthazar. I think is, yes, particularly... Balth-
1: Balthazar, although that's also sounds biblical. It does. You know, is, it isn't does. one of the three, isn't one of the, the Magi names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balthazar.
0: Yeah. But like Moth, know. Moth.
1: Yeah, that I would give you Moth. I would give yeah. you Moth.
0: Yeah. Or
1: or even Rosaline, maybe.
0: Eh.
1: Or Rosalind. Yeah, um, maybe.
0: Charmian sounds sort certain, of cat-like. Certainly. Don't you certainly,
1: think? Yeah. You know, actually, Desdemona is not a bad name for a cat. No. It's just it's just that you know I I don't want that cat to get like smothered or strangled.
0: No, that would that would be.
1: It just has a little bit of a con- like Ophelia is not also a pretty good name for right. a cat, but I don't want it to drown.
0: What about Muke Duff?
1: I I, I definitely <laughs> am not, I am not in favor of like pun names for cat pun nicknames for cats. Well, spots. what
0: about instead of Cato Cato?
1: Caddo, <laughs> that's terrible. You know, Phoebe is technically a Shakespeare name, I guess. Uh, here's the thing what you now, now you want to name your dog Iago or Leontes? I don't I think, think that's so. just
0: no, and I just think that's asking for trouble.
1: That is asking for trouble. Oberon, I don't know. No, those are un, undeniably Shakespearean names, though. They are undeniably. They are shakespearean names benedict yeah. would also that's not a bad name for a dog benedict i
0: i, mm, I, I don't if know if you that. had the dog if beatrice you had a male a if you had, f- had a male and female, female
1: dog, dog or cats and you named them benedict and beatrice that could be kind of cute that could be kind of cute. i actually wanted to, i think it's is it the way of the world it's one of the Congreve plays has uh, a pair of, of female servants named Mincing and Foible. <laughs> and, and for a long time, I wanted to have two girl cats named Mincing and Foible.
0: That's pretty funny.
1: But I like that. Um, anyway, so um, so you...
0: I, I have a couple. I, I found a couple of quizzes for you. Oh, great.
1: Yeah, which I haven't seen.
0: No. Um let, we might as well do them both. They're pretty short. Uh, the first one is animals and shakespeare quiz. So uh, I'm going to read you the question and then I'm going to read you the answers and let's see how well you do out of 19. Are okay. you ready? Oh,
1: I just I just want to mention one more one more pet in a weird way in shakespeare. It doesn't it doesn't Well, you tell me if this counts.
0: Exit present would- by a bear.
1: No, that definitely doesn't count. That is a that's a wild bear. So I, I I realize a horse is not usually considered to be a pet, but the way the uh-huh. Dauphin in Henry V talks about that fucking horse. Totally true. It just it it seems like it like it should count to me.
0: That I agree with Which,
1: you. Which oddly never given a name in that play. I agree. But but anyway, I was just throwing that out there. So so fire away with the quiz.
0: Okay. So question number one, in Richard II, King Uh Richard says, quote, Nor with thy sweets comfort his ravenous sense, but let blank that suck up thy venom and heavy gated toads lie in their way. Is it vermin, spiders, leeches or serpents?
1: You know, I was before before I had the multiple choice. I was going to guess serpents, but because it says sucks up, suck up thy I'm, venom. Yeah, suck up thy venom. Um, see, venom it made me think of serpents. I'm going to go. Maybe I'll live to regret it, but I'm going to go leeches.
0: You know, that's what I did, and we are wrong.
1: <laughs> is it? Is it serpents?
0: It's spiders.
1: Spiders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 0 for 1.
0: Next one, in Henry the Sixth, part 2, which wild animal does the Duke of York say, quote, "In rage forgets aged contusions and all brush of time." Is it eagle, lion, tiger, or hawk?
1: Well, the temptation is to say Tiger because Tiger is referenced so famously in in the Henry the plays. So um, I'm I'm going to go with Tiger.
0: Lion. Damn it!
1: That was my impulse, but I thought he was maybe go- going with a theme.
0: Well, and this helps. The whole quote is of Salisbury, who can report of him that winter lion who, in rage, forgets.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. The lion in winter.
0: That's right um number three. i wonder
1: if i i wonder if that title it actually comes from that play it has to
0: has to um in antony and cleopatra which uh i'm hopefully seeing this weekend with our friend harper york
1: oh yay Yeah, playing
0: antony and an all-female antony and cleopatra aren't they yeah.
1: aren't they calling it cleopatra and antony they are i'm uh, so the ass doesn't count as a pet does it <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't think it can count as a pet.
0: I don't think it can count as a pet, Uh, an accomplice, perhaps, but.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: All right. In Antony and Cleopatra, the Egyptian queen says, quote, help me, my women. Oh, he's more mad than Telamon for his shield. Which animal of Thessaly does she then say was never so embossed?
1: Do I get a multiple choice?
0: Oh, sorry. Yes. Hound, lion, wolf, or boar.
1: Never so embossed.
0: Which animal of, of Thessaly of, did she of say?
1: Thessaly. Yes. Yeah, so, what, 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 so hound.
0: Lion, wolf, or boar.
1: Wow. You know, I don't. Hound of Thessaly doesn't sound wrong, but i but i'm I'm not seeing how a hound would be embossed um, uh, I'm gonna go wolf
0: mm, I think that's incorrect. I think it's boar. yep, it's boar.
1: ah, damn it, I'm sucking at this.
0: These are not easy
1: no, I I'd not. have to
0: say um in King Lear. The Earl of Gloucester's disinherited but loyal son Edgar describes his half brother Edmund as a traitor spotted like which animal? Leopard, dog, toad, or cat.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I know wow. these are hard, right?
1: These are hard. These are yeah, really hard. I, I, thought, I thought I was on safer ground in Lear. Um which uh, let's see, lep. What's the second one?
0: Leopard, dog, toad, or cat? Edgar, well, yeah, Edgar yeah. describing Edmund.
1: Right. Um. I I guess because he's a, he's tr- a traitorous. So I, I'm gonna go toad. I th- I th- I don't know.
0: I I would have guessed leopard just because of the spotted, but. No toad, you are correct. Yay, you got one. I'm just
1: thinking because it's pejorative, right? That's right. Yes, it's, to call somebody a leopard is a most complimentary. Yeah,
0: a most toad-spotted traitor. Yeah. Yep.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes.
0: Number five, one out of four. Oh, in the Not temp- great. No, I didn't do great either. These are hard. In the Tempest, after Iris summons another goddess, series quote here on this grass plot in this very place. To come and sport, which animals serving the goddess Juno, quote, fly a mane"?
1: I bet I know without I bet I know without the uh, the hint. So yeah. I'm going to can I? Yeah. Can I, um, can I guess it without the? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, OK, I'm going to guess it's peacocks.
0: Yeah, it is peacocks. I'm sure. Yes, it's peacocks. Yeah, I knew that, too. OK, uh, number six. Doing better. Oh, doing better. Do you,
1: do you know you know what George Carlin said? was a the the female version of a peacock a peacunt <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i loved george carlin um in richard this is number six in richard II, king richard says quote rage must be withstood give me his gauge lions make blank tame which animal leopards tigers pumas or panthers
1: uh i I can i know the scene um lions make i'm gonna so obviously it is i'll say tigers
0: okay i I, i'm gonna guess it's leopards yeah
1: lions make leopards that was it so i i knew there had to be alliteration in there somewhere lions and leopards not tigers and tame right i figured it well so what can you do
0: um number seven in henry the fifth the French Lord Ramburs says that Island of England breeds very valiant creatures, and their dogs of what type, quote, are of unmatchable courage. Hounds, Mastiffs, Greyhounds, or Spaniels.
1: Well, I was gonna guess Mastiffs. Yeah, that's what uh, I would before guess. Before the hint. So I'm yep. gonna go with Mastiffs.
0: Yep, Mastiffs is correct. Uh, back to Lear, number eight. In King Lear, the title character says. Quote to wage against the enmity of the air to be a comrade with the wolf. And which one of these birds? Hawk, owl, raven, falcon.
1: Can you read the quote again?
0: To wage against the enmity of the air to be a comrade with the wolf and blank. Hawk, owl, raven, falcon.
1: I'm going to guess owl.
0: That's what I guessed. And that is correct.
1: It just makes more sense. He's wandering around in the thing.
0: Agreed. Um, Number nine. In Cymbeline, the banished prince Arvaragus says, quote, we have seen nothing. We are beastly, subtle as blank for prey. Civet, hawk, eagle, fox.
1: Well, a fox is subtle, right? Proverbially. So I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna uh, although it's interesting, there's that civet reference.
0: Again. I know, uh, right?
1: I'm I'm gonna say fox.
0: That's what I would say, yes. That is correct. Okay, um, we're doing better. We're doing better. Number ten, in Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, Hamlet says, Is not parchment made of the skins of which of one of these animals? Cow, oxen, horse, sheep.
1: Sheep. It's gotta be sheep, right? Absolutely sheep.
0: Yep, sheep, sheepskins, he says. Uh, number 11, in the taming of the shrew, Gremio, a wealthy old gentleman competing for the hand of another rich man's daughter, boasts to that man, quote, then at my farm, I have a hundred milchkin to the pail, six score of which one of these animals, quote, standing in my stalls, oxen, sheep, chickens, horses.
1: I'm going to go oxen.
0: That's what I say. Correct.
1: Grêmio. this has nothing to do with pets or animals. I just want to point out my, Grêmio has one of my favorite sayings that I've never heard anywhere else, including in any Shakespeare play, when his plans go awry and things don't work out. He says at least twice, my cake is dough.
0: (laughs) I like that. Oh,
1: I've just never, nobody else. I've never heard that anywhere else and should be used more.
0: Speaking of dough, do you know what I have started to bake? Uh,
1: A Homer Simpson cake?
0: No, Ted Lasso biscuits, the ones that he gives. to. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. They are unbelievably good. They are buttery and delicious. Don says they're the best cross between a butter cookie and a sugar cookie that he's ever had.
1: But but you can only make them for three seasons. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well I, I just started so i'm i'm sure by three years you know <laughs> we may not want anymore but they are delicious um all right number 12 in henry the v
1: henry, yeah i think i by the way i think maybe this is the only quiz because this is taking longer than i thought
0: well that's why i started with this one because it's a long one yeah and it's better than the other one um in henry the v henry says but when the blast of war blows in our ears then imitate the action of a tiger. Yeah, that's an easy one.
1: That's a famous one.
0: Yeah. Number 13. In The Merchant of Venice, Lorenzo, with whom Shylock's daughter Jessica has eloped, teasingly... spoiler alert. Yeah, right. No, don't fucking give <laughs> away the plot or anything. Teasingly says that she, like which one of these animals, slandered her love and he forgave it her shrew swallow nightingale hornet i know what i think uh, i'll go nightingale no shrew i was correct a shrew huh yeah an odd... uh, in such a night did pretty jessica like a little shrew slander her oh uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, gotcha okay no. Number 14, in Troilus- I hate them, by the way. I hate both of them. <laughs> I hate Lorenzo and I hate Jessica. Just it.
0: Yeah, they're annoying. Um, in Troilus and Cressida, the Greek commander Ulysses says that which animal, quote, hath joints but none for courtesy. His legs are legs for necessity, not for flexure. Lynx, grizzly bear, woolly mammoth, or elephant?
1: Wow. Wow. Oh, I guess um,
0: I guessed this one, but I guessed it right.
1: I I I will guess elephant.
0: That is what I guessed, and that is correct.
1: Woolly mammoth. I don't think Shakespeare knew about somebody, woolly mammoths.
0: Somebody was fucking up with us on the woolly mammoth thing. Um, all right, 15. In Henry the Fourth, part two. Henry the Fourth predicts what will become of his kingdom once he is gone, saying, quote, Oh, thou wilt be a wilderness again, peopled with which animals—rabbits, deer, foxes, or wolves?
1: Uh, I, I guess he's being super negative, so I'm going to say wolves.
0: Correct. Peopled with wolves, thy old inhabitants. Number sixteen. What
1: a—he's a, he's a uh, Henry the Fourth is a Debbie Downer.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, in the taming of the shrew, the servant Biondello says, quote, I knew a wench married in an afternoon as she went to the garden for parsley to stuff, which one of these animals, chicken, rabbit, duck, goose.
1: I was going to say rabbit, but now I want to say goose. I'm going to say goose just because it's fun to say. Rabbit. Ow! you see, go with your first instinct. Do you, fun fact, by the way uh for the, patrick lawler a friend of the show who's been on with us many times do you do you know that he once played tranio with uh, peter Dinklage as Biandello? holy shit mm-hmm.
0: well that that's a story we've got to get him on to tell
1: oh yes yes indeed
0: um number 17 in henry the fourth part 1 henry says henry the fifth says here is a, or hal here is a dear a true industrious friend Sir Walter Blunt, new lighted from which one of these animals? Mule, donkey, horse, camel.
1: I would assume a horse.
0: That is correct.
1: I mean, he's a frickin' knight. What is he going to be doing on a donkey?
0: Exactly. Or a fucking camel. I mean, what's that about?
1: Right. Well, a camel. Why, are you sure he wasn't on a woolly mammoth? I mean.
0: <laughs> Number 18 second to last question. In The Merchant of Venice, the Prince of Aragon says, quote, not learning more than the fond eye doth teach, which pries not to the interior, but like, which one of these birds? Builds in the weather on the outward wall. Barn owl, martlet, robin, or gull. A
1: martlet sounds very Shakespeare-y.
0: It does. That that would be my guess.
1: I'm going to go with Martlett.
0: We are correct. And finally, number 19. Oh, this one's easy. In Macbeth, the title character calls on the night to, quote, cancel and tear to pieces that great bond which keeps me pale. Light thickens and blank makes wing to the rookie wood. Which one of these birds? Screech owl, crow, raven, tawny owl.
1: Wow. I, I mean, I would assume it's a raven.
0: Is that your final but, answer?
1: <laughs> well, you've played this fucking part, so yes, it's true. you Some know.
0: Stuff. Yes, I do. <laughs>
1: I'm incorrect, aren't I? But I, well, that was my you
0: answer. You are incorrect. It's crow.
1: Crow, <laughs> raven. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, you got 12 out of 19, Owen.
1: Eh, eh, at least more than half.
0: At least more than half. Well...
1: Well, that, that was a fitting a fitting tribute to Lady Plymdale. I think
0: think so, too. And I think that um, I think that she would appreciate it just because her name comes from, you know, great literature to begin with. Yeah.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 FYI,
0: listeners, we call her Mama because she was found in the woods with three kittens uh, as a feral cat. And I I took them all in and fostered them and kept her and one kitten who I named Magenta because I was directing a at the time, I was directing an inclusive production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show that was actually staged in an s dungeon, which I think I've talked about. Which
1: I'm so sorry I didn't see.
0: It was really quite something. Uh, yeah.
1: So... Uh, if please don't forget to visit our website, com, where uh, you can do all manner of things. You can all listen manner. to episodes. If you want to if you want to support the pod, it's an excellent place to uh, visit our Patreon page or our PayPal button. Uh, supporting the pod helps us to keep going. Obviously, you can also contribute to our charities, either the Broadway Cares, the Equity Fights AIDS or the Entertainment Fund which That's is right. now what the Actors Fund is called. That's
0: right. But now I, I would like to add, we should actually put a button on it for it. Uh, We should put a button on for the SAG-AFTRA Foundation to help all, all of those actors that are currently not working because of the spark. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. And what else was I going to say? Um. It had to do with something you said. Yup. Nope. It's gone. Got no brain cells left, though.
1: <laughs> well... How about we say?
0: Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, that if you do want to support the pod, we are a five hundred one c three, so it is tax deductible. But also, we will send you all kinds of fun swag as a thing. Oh
1: yes, I forgot to mention the swag. There's not forget kinds the swag. Of swag, people. Love
0: no. the swag. And remember,
1: it's, it's Shakespeare, Shakespeare. You, Dick, Dick, dick. That was dick. closer. Yeah,
0: hey, a little. The preceding podcast was a production of Country Matters Incorporated, copyright 2023, all rights reserved.